And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. <laughs> That's who I am. On April 27, and uh, oh my gosh, the weather is so wonderful. I've been out doing a lot of gardening, really enjoying that. So I want to say hi to everyone that I talked to this week. Before I do, though, I have to say that this is our last big giveaway uh, for the Chihuly Garden and Glass. So this is really cool. So I I was there uh, last week, and we had such a good time leading the tour with uh, the folks that worked there in the garden, and um, quite a number of you came on that. That was quite a bit of fun. And then I gave a little talk at the end, gave away a few plants, and just really had a good time there. So we've got... Uh, this is your last chance to win four tickets to the Chihuly Garden and Glass. So it's an eight-gallery exhibition featuring really a comprehensive look at all of the things that shaped the career of artist Dale Chihuly. But the garden, I think, is the coolest part. And you can go along uh, with the gardeners, and they, they'll lead you on a garden tour at 2 o'clock on whatever day you go. So... Uh, this is, uh, it's really great. And they also had uh, artists actually blowing glass, and you could watch them do that too. And there's all sorts of things you can do there. So uh, this is a hundred over $100 value. It's a four-pack of tickets, and uh, this is the last one we're giving away. So uh, even though you can't come do the tour with me now, you could go and have a great time because it is really cool. And the garden is spectacular. And then filled with all that unbelievable glass from Chihuly, it's really something to behold. So whoever the first caller calls in, you got to ask a question of me. But if you do that and then, um, you know, you can ask your question and I get to try and stump you. I got quite a good stumper today. So... <laughs> All right, so first caller, you'll be the one that gets your chance to win a over $100 value, four tickets to Chihuly Garden and Glass. All right. Hey, I want to say hi to everyone that I saw at uh, at Chihuly Garden and Glass because I really appreciated uh, two of the couples that came. Uh, one of those people and each couple were winners of the contest, and they came to my tour, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, hey, uh, I also had such a good time at the Master Gardener Happy Hour fundraiser last night. <laughs> oh, I did have a good time. And uh, it was a pretty cool event because they had some really great speakers and, uh, you know, to Every one of them was, did a really good job. And the only bummer for me, I miss Nita Joe Roundtree's talk because I forgot my T-shirts and I had to run back and get them full speed and make it back. And I was hoping I'd get back for her talk. I, I'm sure it was about the romance of roses, you know, but I didn't make it. I missed hers. But I heard everybody else's and they're all a lot of fun. So... um and it was just really fun talking to so many of you and answering questions. So, And by the way, I should tell you, the Master Gardener Plant Sale, this is over at the Center for Urban Horticulture. 
kind of by the Heckhead Pavilion in that area. And um, so that goes till 4 o'clock today if you want to go. And I bought a really cool podophyllum. I bought a Japanese maple called Benihashi, which is a dwarf that's going to go in one of my pots. It's going to look so cool. And uh, I bought quite a few other things, as a matter of fact. So it was quite a bit of fun. And there were lots of great plants left when I left the sale. And my buddy, Marsha, gave me uh, three really rare tomatoes that I am so excited about. So uh, they had lots of... I have to admit that tomatoes, it was like a attack of locusts when they hit that. But uh, I know there's quite a few good ones still left at this point. So uh, anyway, that's going over at the Center for Urban Horn. Just want to let you know, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be at the Snoqualmie Valley Home Show. And I'm going to be there right at noon. So that's tomorrow, Sunday at noon. It's at the Yelm High School. That's at 1315 Yelm Ave West in Yelm. So I hope lots of you come. I'm going to have some plants to give away, a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt, one of my books. So I think we'll have quite a bit of fun. But I'm going to be asking some tough, tough stumper questions just so you know, okay? And uh, so... Uh, let me see what else is going on. Hey, the Snohomish Garden Club is having their plant sale. That's next Saturday, April 27th from 9 to 1. They have a lot of great perennials, herbs, annuals, veggie starts, just by anything, native plants, small trees, you name it, they got it. So uh, the location for that sale is the farm at Swan's Trail, 7301 River Shore Road, Snohomish. So hopefully you know where the farm at Swan's Trail is. But you can go to my uh, events page and see that. The Snohomish King County Fuchsia Society plant sales happen in Saturday. Uh, Oh, okay. Hey, and uh, so nobody's called in yet for the contest. So you still got a good chance. It's 1-888-973-973. Five four seven six one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So, uh, you definitely want to call in. I know you're terrified that my stumper is going to be way too tough, but uh, you will have a great time over there at the Chihuly Garden and Glass. All right. So, just a couple other things. So, the Snohomish King County Fuchsia Society plant sale Saturday. Goes from 9 to 4. That is at the Renew Covenant Church. And the Washington Native Plant Society Spring Plant Sale is Saturday. Oh, my God, there's so many. That one, that's Saturday. And so that's like they're going to have a lot of native plants you can't find anywhere else. That's at Mercerdale Park, 77th Avenue, 32nd on Mercer Island. The Master Gardener Foundation Pierce County plant sale is going on Saturday. Let's see where that's going to be. Get a look at that. That is at the WSU Puyallup Research Center right there on Pioneer in Puyallup. And the NPA spring plant sale is Sunday, April 28th from 9 to 3. And... uh 
they have a lot of um, specialty nurseries coming in for that. So that one should be really good. If you're a plant geek, that's the one you want to go to. That's at the Center for Urban Horticulture. Or no, it's not. Pardon me. It is at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. So the NPA Spring Plant Sale is at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. Hey, there's about 800 more, and I don't want to just keep uh, going through the list. So um, we have got a caller to win the prize, so that'll be fun. So the Kubota Garden Spring Plant Sale, that's May 4th at Kubota Gardens. Heronswood Spring Celebration Tea with Riz, Riz Rays, which is pretty cool, Saturday, May 4th. And uh, you got to sign up for that right away, all right? And uh, I think the Heronswood Spring Plant Sale, uh, let me see if that's on there. I still don't see that, but I'll look for that in a, in a little bit. Okay. So, hey, and the Nathan Hale High School Spring Edible and or- Ornamental Plant Sale is May 10th. Okay. Hey, Lori. I got a tough question for you when you come when we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay, and Lori called in to see if she can win those tickets to Chihuly Garden and Glass. And, oh, boy, are you going to love that, Lori. But you get to ask your question first. Okay, well, uh, thanks for talking with me, Cisco. Great to hear from you. Yeah, you betcha. Thanks for calling. So my question is probably for you. I have a um, relatively small clivia um, in a pot that I've been keeping indoors. Sorry, um, I couldn't. I, I'm sorry, you were breaking up there. I couldn't really hear you. Oh boy, I'm sorry. Um, let me. I'm just going to turn my car off. That might help. Yeah. Um, my question is about a potted clivia. A potted what? A uh, clivia. Clivia. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, and um, I had it indoors, and I'm wondering at what point can I put that out in the shade um, outdoors? Okay, on a clivia, which is a great plant with usually orange or yellow flowers, they bloom in the middle of winter, and they're really cool. So I would say, just to be safe, I would wait till about Mother's Day to put that out. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it got really cold last night. I'm such a dim-dim I left these three really rare tomatoes I got outside when I got home. I forgot they were in there. And, uh, you know, Clivia is, um, I'm pretty sure Clivia is from South Africa, so it's probably a little hardier. But just to be safe, yeah, wait till Mother's Day. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, and you're smart to put it in the shade because if you stick that right in the sun, it'll burn up so fast it won't know what hit it. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you ready to try and win four tickets to Chihuly Garden and Glass? I am. All right. Here's your question. Now, I grow uh, hardy bananas at my house. And uh, so when you grow a hardy banana... 
If you get a really good sunny summer, then you get a mild winter, and then you get another sunny summer, sometimes they produce bunches of bananas on them. Here's your question. Can you eat those bananas that you get on the hardy bananas here? Oh, this is tough. Let's see. Um, Well, I assume that you could. I don't know if you want to. You hit it. You said that perfect. Yes, you can. (laughs) But if you do, you'll never need to eat another prune for the rest of your life. They are like eating plastic. Oh, they're just terrible. But they look really cool. They actually use those bananas to make uh, textiles and fabrics over in China and Japan. So, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, but you did a great job answering that. And by the way, it's worth growing those hardy bananas because if they get a bunch of bananas on them, it's really fun. Everybody that comes by your house is just amazed to see that you can grow a banana that gets bananas in the Seattle area. So it's quite exciting. So, oh, that's very cool. Uh, well, you just did really great, Lori, and you're going to really enjoy your time down there at Chihuly Garden and Glass. It's so fun. You're going to see some oh, great things. So, uh, Thank you so much. I'm very excited. Oh, great. Now, don't hang up whatever you do because we got to get all the important uh, information about you so we can make sure we get these tickets to you, okay? Okay. Thanks so much, Cisco. All right, Lori. I'm putting you on hold. Thanks so much for calling. Have fun. All right. Well, I'm flying solo from here on so I can take uh, your phone calls. And so our number is one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six, and one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, and uh, so give me a call and we'll answer your garden questions. But I do have an email that came in, so I'm going to deal with that. And it's from Bill, and he says uh, where he lives, he's only got shade. It's like there's hardly any sun in his garden. So he tries to find the sunniest spot he can and grow vegetables in pots. He he's really had a hard time. What vegetables do best in shade is what he wants to know. Are there any? Well, there's really, it's very limited what you can grow in the shade. And I don't know how shady shade is for you, Bill. But uh, if you're getting a little bit of afternoon sun or something, then... This is going to work. If you're in total shade, even this might not work. But most of your salad greens can take a fair amount of shade. So lettuce, spinach, uh, you might be able to grow beet greens. That would be worth a try. And, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, mescaline blends and uh, mustards, a lot of those can grow in bright shade. So you got a chance there. You know, I once told people that there were some tomatoes that might grow fruit in shade. So since I told all these people that, I thought, you know, I should test this. Because people told me that some of these uh, tomatoes can grow in shade and get good fruit. So I grew a few in my back patio 
I got no tomatoes at all. A couple of tomatoes, like in late September, finally ripened up. It was terrible. So I got to tell you the truth. You're not going to have any luck if you try and grow tomatoes, anything in the broccoli family, um, you know, peppers, anything, anything in the tomato family is just not going to do it. So uh, probably you're stuck with just, let's put it this way, you're going to be wanting to eat a lot of salads. (laughs) Even peas won't do well in the shade. Beans don't do worth a boodle hopper. And forget Brussels sprouts. I hate to depress you like that, but it's just not going to work. Okay. Uh, Should should we take uh, one call, Brian? Uh, No, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, Pat, we'll stick you on 97.3 Cairo FM. Right back after this. And I'm about to go to the phones. I just want to remind you that you can go to Chihuly Garden and Glass. You don't have to win an award. You win the prize. You can just go down there and buy the tickets at the door. And uh, you get a tour from the head gardener. She's terrific. So you'll like that. All right. We're going to Pat right now in Linwood, Washington. Hey, Pat, I feel totally unstumpable today. So I have no fear here. All right, fantastic. Um, I, maybe I should have called you earlier about this because it's about snow damage. Oh, um, that um, a purple osmanthus got. It's about ten or twelve feet tall, and it had two trunks basically, and one of the trunks snapped off completely at the base. Ah, and so my concern is: does that like open it up to disease? It could, or even insects. I think with an os- kind of a hole. Has it got I'm sort of a, a gap a down there too? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's hard to say, but but there's only one way to find out. And I think if it's a really cool osmanthus, I would go ahead and cut it down. Try and cut it down below the hole, even. If you could do it, I don't know if that's under the ground. You no, can't. It's, it's it's at the surface level. I just go ahead and cut it clear right at the surface level, and I think it'll grow back fine. But um, you know, if you start seeing it, if it's, I don't think it will rot out right away. But sometimes when you do that, it's you take it so much of the wood off that it shocks the plant to the point where the the other side that didn't break starts to go downhill. Then you'll know it's time to, you know, dig it out and put in a new plant. But I suspect it will recover. But I'm totally shooting from the hip on this. I just said I was unstumpable. Look at what's happening. (laughs) And I had my confidence so high. (laughs) Yeah, I'll bet. Um, Well, should I try to plug that hole with something? I know. Insects can't get into it? No, don't do anything to the hole. Leave it alone. Because a tree will do all it can to wall off decay in there. 
And by now, DK's already probably moved in there a bit. So all the cells around that hole, they've been killed. They've been filled with chemical to stop decay. So anything you do, you know, to that hole will just make new spots where decay can go in. So you don't want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I think you're better off just leaving it. But I've had a lot of uh, plants break in ways that I couldn't really cut them off as well as I'd like to. And a lot of them came back and, and grew back and lasted for many, many years before they finally gave up. So... I think it's worth a try. Okay. Cool. Okay. Hey, you got to let me know yeah. what happens. It'll take a year or something before you know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see yeah. if well, new growth comes right up out of there. I am starting to notice some new buds, which um, I'm I'm happy about. Um, Good. It's an important plant because it acts as a screen from the neighbors. So if oh, I took boy. it out, it would be a big. Ah, uh, yeah, that is important. Big, uh, big hole. Yeah, I think okay. I'd, I'd probably warn people, you know, that I could, we might lose this, but uh, there's a pretty good chance I think it'll come back. Okay. All right. Hey, All right. best. Thanks very much. All right. Best of luck with that, Pat. Bye. Okay. Let's go right to uh, Melinda right now over in Gig Harbor. Melinda, how are you? Oops. Are you there, Melinda? Oh, maybe we lost her, huh? Well, we'll put you on hold for a few minutes and see if you come back. And uh, so we can go to Mill Creek right now. We'll talk to Ginny over there. Hey, Ginny. Hi, Cisco. How are you today? Oh, terrific. It's so nice out. You can't help but walk around with a big smile. (laughs) It is just about as gorgeous as it can be. Oh, it is. Yes. My question, I know you'll know the answer to this. I gave to my nephew one of my Japanese maples. It was in a big pot, uh-huh. and it was the kind that is like has white leaves on it with pink. Oh, yeah. It uh, could be butterfly. Uh, it could be. I mean, I bought it a while back. But oh, anyway, okay. and I gave it to him a couple years ago. But now he wants to plant it into the ground. So it's in a pot right now? It's in a big pot right now, and he said he wants to put it into the ground. And I'm going, well, let me talk to Cisco and find out (laughs) when is the best time to do this and how should you do that, and if you should even do it. Yeah, well, you know, interestingly, I did it yesterday. (laughs) Okay. I think it was the day before yesterday I did it. I I dug one of my uh, Japanese maples out of a pot. Planted in front of this stone, it looks so cool. You can't believe it. So mm-hmm. the the nice thing is, you know, now if he was going to transplant that maple from one spot in the garden to another and mm-hmm. out of the ground instead of out of a pot, I'd say he's got to wait till winter. But, right. But when you grow a Japanese maple or, or just about any plant in a pot— it's just like you bought it from the nursery. So, okay. and you know, all year long, you could just by any time of year, you can uh, buy a potted plant at the nursery and plant it in your garden. So, right. the trick sometimes is getting them out of the pots without doing too much damage. So, what right. I recommend is now what I usually do 
is I have a little hand truck I use at my house. I just love that thing. I only I didn't pay much. It's made out of aluminum. It's real light, but it can carry over 250 pounds. So I, any way he can get that pot over to the lawn, or he can lay it on a on some thick blankets, lay the pot down, and take a a good old pruning saw. I always tell people if you don't have an old cruddy pruning saw. Go buy one at one of those uh, hardware stores where they sell, like Hardwicks, they sell used tools. And then you, what you do is you just saw right around the edge of the pot to break any roots free that are stuck against the side of the pot. And then very, very gently, once you're sure you got it free, pull it out by the trunk, but very gently. And um, once you got it out, it should be ready to go right in the hole where he's going to plant it, and it should work perfect. The only other thing is make sure that where you're planting that uh, Japanese maple is no more sunny than where he's been growing it in the pot because, okay. uh, you know, they they can really burn up if you take them from semi-shade and stick them right in the sun. So right, that, right. Yeah. But. Should it be in a berm-like setting? That's what I usually did for mine, but I don't know if it needs to be or not. It depends on his drainage and his soil. So if he has really nice soil that drains well, then uh, he should be able to just plant that right in the soil, no problem. No deeper than it came out of the pot, but the exact right. same depth. But if if he digs a hole and fills it full of water and it doesn't drain a couple inches in an hour— then I think building a berm is a great idea because uh, Japanese maples hate like clay or hard pan soil. So that he should probably do that test, find out how well the soil drains. If it drains at least two inches in an hour, go ahead and plant it right in that soil. It should be the happiest little tree there ever was. Okay, and how deep should the hole be to, to do this water test? Uh, one foot deep and one foot wide. Okay. A, a little square hole. Yeah. And most people, what they do is they fill it up to the top, let it drain out, fill it back up to the top. So this can take a couple of days to do this. And then time how long it takes to drain a couple inches. I see. Okay. Yep. And uh, so that'll be fun to see if it works. And um you know, I hope it's totally successful, and that tree is one happy little tree. Me too. Thanks so much for all of your help, Cisco, over all of the years. Oh, thanks a lot, Judy. All right, enjoy this great weather. You too. Okay, bye-bye. All right, when we come back, is uh, do we have Melinda again? Okay, so Melinda, I'll pop you on the air when we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, Melinda, we got you back. Welcome. Yeah, you do. Sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, no problem. You what? know, um, I have a question regarding hardy fuchsias and pruning. Uh-huh. I've got a few different ones in the yard, and one of them I've had for years. But how do you prune them? When's, 
I mean, I'm, the leaves are starting to sprout out now. Yeah. But so where do I go down to the bottom leaf? Do I, how do I do this? <laughs> well, probably, you know, you can, you do have a choice, but um, on almost all mine, I go right down to the very base, to the bottom leaves. So I, it's funny, I was just doing this like yesterday and the day before. And, yeah. uh, you know, quite a few of the bigger leaf type, they the, all the um, stems died right to the bottom anyway. So, you know, the thing about fuchsia is that they bloom as they grow. So if you leave them tall... After a while, all the flowers are way out on the outside and at the top and nothing in the middle. So that's one of the reasons I like to whack them way back. However, a lot of those um, fuchsia, hardy fuchsias, with the really small flowers, not the super small, but about uh, half-inch long little flowers, those Uh kind... A lot of people just let them grow taller and taller. They can get, I've seen them 20 feet tall uh, in the Straits of Magellan down there in Chile. So they they can get quite tall. But when you see them like that, those were in nature down there because that's where they grow. And then there's a lot of hybrids of those Magellanica varieties. uh, But they were real rat's nests, you know. I mean, there were so many hummingbirds on them, you couldn't believe it. But they were there was so much dead wood in them and crowded, and most of the flowers were way up at the top. And so it's really better every year to cut them right down to the base, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I have one that actually I was looking at and kind of pruning back just a little bit so I can really see the leaves coming up. Uh-huh. I, I see, like, because it got so big and on the ground i have like four of them growing oh because they layered themselves in that's right oh cool yeah well now see there's there's one reason maybe not to cut them down so far you know (laughs) well yeah but it got quite giant in my in my bed oh man it's gonna get cut down but i wanted to be sure because i thought Will I get flowers or will I not get flowers? Oh, you'll get them, but it'll delay them a little bit. You'd get them quicker okay. if you don't cut them way back on a lot of the varieties. But I I think you'll have a much more attractive shrub, and the flowers will actually look way better if you whack them way back. Okay, that, so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Good, yeah, give that a try. But that's really cool that they layered you know, so if yeah. that, you know, every year, if you got some branches that are kind of close to the ground, you can just stick some on the ground and layer them. I'll have to yeah, try that amazing. this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is really a good little tip you just gave all of us. So that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> um, I have one more quick question. Sure. I'm kind of bewildered here because all my, you know, gardening experience, if you have a grafted rose, which I have the Boscobel, uh huh. I got it as a bare root. It, it usually tells you to, or you, what I've heard over the years, do not plant the graft in the dirt. But when I look at the directions, it tells me to plant the graft and stems all the way into the dirt. 
Well, so I'm confused. Well, in if you lived in eastern Washington, they almost always plant the, the graft under the soil. But here, we rarely ever do that because it's possible that uh, you might get some growth from below the graft by doing that, and then you got a bunch of suckers you have to deal with. Okay. So I think I would probably plant that just right at the right at the top of the the soil, just right at the top. Okay. All right. So that makes up my mind. That's good. I called you because I really concerned about what to do because I you know I read like Nita Joy's book and then I. This is a David Austin rose, and I read David Austin, and I was like, what to do? Yeah. No, it can be confusing, but I think you're fine if you leave that craft right at the right at the top of the soil surface. Okay. That's terrific. Great. All right. Well, listen, I got to run, but best of luck with all those plants of yours. Looks like you're going to be doing some work this afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Bye-bye, Melinda. All right, everyone. This show is starting to wrap up here. So uh, uh, I want to remind you that I'm going to be at the Nisqually Valley Home Show at noon tomorrow. So that's right at the Yelm High School. That's a lot of fun. It's a great event. I'm going to be giving away some pretty cool plants. But the big thing, a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt and one of my books. Oh, la, la, who will be the lucky person? <laughs> so, uh, hey, and uh, this is great weather. If you haven't pruned your roses yet, you want to get out there and prune them. And it's the perfect time to prune your hardy fuchsias, any of those kind of shrubs that, uh, you know, took a beating in the snow this year. They'll do great. Brian, thanks so much for a great show again today. All right, everyone, you got to get out there and do some gardening. So eat lots of Brussels sprouts because you need all the energy you can get. All right, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.